Get ready. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, live on Toganet.com. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio features the powerful voices of Christy Hawley, Robin Boyd, Linda Franklin, Tracy Coston, Danny Kiernan, Susan Haid, and Lisa Dietress. Together, these women bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy in your 40s, from great parenting tips to moms living with cancer, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm so excited today to bring you this double pop guest. We've got not only a great program that's going to help you guys get your life organized and and together and where you want to be, but for those of you that that talk to me or write to me um, or or find me on social media and ask me, look, I'm writing a book. How do I do this? How do I get it organized? We're not going to really talk so much today about the mechanics of writing a book, but we're going to talk about about how do we use uh, Joel Fotinos' book, My Life Contract, which is a 90-day program, don't let it scare you, for prioritizing your goals and staying on track, keeping focused, and getting results. Now, as many of you are single moms, I know you're focused because for you to do what you need to do, to pay the bills, to take care of the kids, to do everything you need to do every day, you need to be super focused and you get results because your kids are not dead. So as long as we keep them alive, you know, we're all doing a good job, but staying on track and prioritizing, I think are two of the hardest things when you decide that you want to achieve your dream of writing the great American novel, writing your poetry book, you know, or creating really any piece of art that serves you as a person, but may not fit into that. You know, I'm a single mom. I got two kids. We got soccer. We got baseball. We've got, you know, the award ceremony on Saturday. I've got to bake cookies for snack mom on Sunday. Get the kids to church. Get them home. Get them to bed. Oh, you've grown out of your pants. Um, that happened to me this week. Both of my kids grew out of their pants, and the you know the weather changed at Southern California. It was 50 degrees, and I sent the kids to school in floods. I said, okay, we're going to roll up the cuffs. We're going to roll up your sleeves, and it's going to be greaser day for you, and you're going to go look cool. So, you know, we're used to rolling with it but one of the things that happens ladies and it happened to me and the reason I bring on uh, Joel and his book and his program is that it helped me focus and prioritize so that I could get something done for me and five years ago I had a publishing contract and I had all this stuff going on and everything was sunny warm and rosy and you know as many of you regular listeners know my mom died I went through a foreclosure I got divorced you know things just wave after wave of disaster coming in and one of the things that I did was I never completed the little four book series um, of Chiclet that was my heart and I put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. Well, then I get this book from a publisher, this My Life Contract book and I thought to myself, hey, you know what? It's my life too. It is not just soccer balls and, and you know scrambled eggs for breakfast. I matter too. And so I took a deep breath 
and I read the book in the bathtub and, you know, it was a really good read for me because I could follow it. And, you know, as, as working single moms know, and any mom knows you're tired by the end of the day. So it needs to be clear. It needs to be to the point and it needs to get me acting now because it doesn't do me any good to put my dreams off for another five years. So I am really pleased to introduce to you, uh, Joel Fatinos. He's a whole bucket of fun. He's good looking. He's got this great radio voice. So you're going to really <laughs> enjoy him as much as I do. There's going to be lots of radio flirting because why not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can, we can have fun. Life is good. Life should be fun. And life is so much better when you put yourself into the mix. And if you're falling off your own to-do list, like I was, I'm going to invite you to stay tuned for the whole show. And I'm going to introduce to you, Joel, the master of the 90-day program that has helped organize my life. How's that, Joel? You, at the last show, you didn't think I could build you up any bigger, and now you're just, you're just you know, <laughs> monumental in my eyes. <laughs> well, I wish you would introduce me on everything I do, and maybe even when I come home at night, if you would just reintroduce me to my family. That was so great. I will. So I'll just stand could... in the kitchen and, and applaud. <laughs> Joel is home. Well, it's it's certainly mutual. We had such a great time when we talked, and, and I'm so happy to be here because I think that this process is uh, a, a great help for people. It is a great help for people. And, you know, it's pretty simple, Joel. You know, I got to tell you, I've done a lot of training programs. You know, I got buckets of Tony Robbins stuff. I got, you know, Wayne Dyer stuff, rest in peace. I've got, you know, Louise Hay, you name it. I've got, I've got you know, walls of this stuff. Um and yours was just really simple, and it was a skinny book, and there wasn't much to read, which is really funny coming from a writer, um, you know, and somebody who loves to read. I appreciated that your book wasn't big and thick and fat, and it got right to the point, and it got me starting my action plan the first, the first day. Yeah, well, that was – thank you. That was the, the design. I've read all of those books that you mentioned plus probably 996 others, and I tried to distill the wisdom – and uh, the reading part is only 40 pages because my purpose was not to bog you down with 17 steps or big theory or anything like that. It was just to get people um, enough information so they could get moving, get started, get their life going again. Yeah, well, because you get sucked into your own life, you know, Joel. You've you're you, you've been there. You've got kids. You've got family. You know, they can like like little monsters. You know, just infiltrate like ants every single part of your life and take it over. And you know, we love them, of course. Don't get me wrong, but as parents, it's really hard to put um, put yourself into the mix. And that was one of the hardest things that I had to to do with doing your program. You know, because I. I'm engaged in my own life, but my own life kind of belongs to my company, my kids, everybody else. So it was kind of like wrestling a hog back into the pen going, okay, this is my life and it matters. Right. Well, you know, we have a hard time sometimes prioritizing ourselves and putting ourselves first as if our own life actually matters. And um, boy, what's interesting is when we do and then turn around, the people around us are so inspired by it that it helps them to move forward as well. Because uh, it is amazing how our lives influence the lives of those around us, especially mothers. I mean, who influences more than that? So I like this idea of making sure that we 
always are focusing and saying, you know, I am worth the creative endeavors that bring me joy. I am worth taking a little bit of time every day toward the thing that it is that I want the most. Well, that's the funny thing, Joel. It didn't take me as long as I thought. It wasn't such an arduous process to put myself back in the mix. The big problem that I had, though, I got to tell you, is, you know, in your plan part of the workbook, girls, and there's a workbook here that simplifies things easily. Like you have your plan for today. And it's like, today I will. I had goal one, two, and three. It, I had to literally gnaw my own fingers off so I wouldn't write, you know, organize the hall closet, you know, get the laundry completed, you know, finish the, 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 I, I'm a room mom. And it's like, finish the, the wall at the school. It, <laughs> my plan <laughs> had nothing to do with me. It was everybody right. else's stuff and it was really hard. And so, you know, I started out, I want to read my day one plan because I think it's one thing to talk about a book and talk about a program. And that's another thing to go, this is what it looks like. This is what it tastes like. My plan for finishing my book day one was to buy index cards and Sharpies. That was number one. To yep. order a Chromebook that was just for me <laughs> because I have to share <laughs> it with my kids all the time. And I'm tired of wrestling it out of their asleep fingers. And then the other one was to create my mind map. And I use mind maps all the time for work. So why would I have to put down make my own mind map? Because my plan for today for the first time was about me. Right. Well, and I love what you said about it's we can so easily do things like uh, clean up and do laundry and all of that. And yet that doesn't really enrich us. It might organize us. It might make us feel good that things are clean, but it's not really about us. It's keeping busy without being efficient, you know, or I mean being effective. And it's and um, and it's a different. It takes a different part of our brain. It's very left brain to organize things or clean things, but it's right brain to really deep in dig deep into our soul and say, "This is the voice that's coming out of me. This is what I want to express in the world." And that feels so good. And when we have the permission to ourselves, give permission to ourselves to allow ourselves to have that creative time. Wow, we feel seen and heard. We feel like our life is really going forward, and and it just makes our life so much better. I'd rather have a messy kitchen and a soul satisfied with creativity than vice versa. Well, Joe, that's so great that you say that because there was a lot of guilt attached to at first because, quite frankly, you know, I started leveraging. I'm like, okay, boys, you guys have to bring your laundry down and put it – you know, I have like a white uh, white thing and a black thing. And I'm like, put the darks in here, put the lights in here. And, you know, I had to carve out time, which means they needed to take on more responsibility, which is good for them. But I yep. was feeling a little bit guilty. But a funny thing happened, you know, uh, you know as I boarded the guilt train – I became happier because what I would do is I would roll my writing time into their homework time. We sit at the kitchen table. We all do our homework together now. I am doing my book. That is my homework. And I am fulfilled and happy and therefore a better mom. So I'm going to take us to commercial break right now. This is Sandra Beck, and we are talking with Joel Fotinas. The book that we're talking about is My Life Contract, this program for prioritizing your goals, staying on track, keeping you focused, and getting results. And I'm here because I'm not just a, a, a person that promotes this. I'm also a user, not, not that kind of user, um, but I'm a 
a user <laughs> of this program because it has made a difference. And when I'm happy, my house is happy. The kids are happy. My dad's happy. The dogs are happy. And who doesn't want to be happy? So I'm here to tell you, you matter. The laundry can wait a day. Nobody ever died because their pajamas weren't folded and put away. Just take a minute. Put yourself back on the list. If you take nothing away from today's show, you matter. More after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love. Got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Joel Fatinos. And as promised, we are going to talk about how you can get 
moving in your life for some of the things you want. I know that a lot of you have written to me and you talk to me about being creative, that there's a creative side of you, you know, and that could be scrapbooking, that could be, you know, painting and drawing and dancing and singing, all these things. And for the purposes of today, we're going to talk about my own personal journey of finishing this, you know, long-weighted manuscript that's been hanging around my head for five years. Um, because everything got in my way. Everybody got in my way. I allowed it. I didn't carve out little times for myself. And the whole prospect of it seemed so daunting, Joel, that there was part of me that as I got busier, it's not that I can't sit down for an hour a day and write or two hours on a Friday or, you know, whatever I was deciding to do. It kind of became monumental in my life the more I put it off. Right. It suddenly became like a bigger deal. And the more you put it off, the bigger and bigger and bigger it becomes. And so what I like and and what I outline in the book, My Life Contract, is taking that bigger thing that can sometimes feel frightening or daunting or paralyzing even, and just breaking it into small steps, which means today, I don't have to do every single thing. All I have to do is what I can do today. And I don't even have to do it for six hours today. Even if I spend 15 minutes working on my creative endeavor or my creative self, I have moved forward in my life. And the key, of course, is doing that every single day. And what what happens is when we begin to spend small bits of time, and it can be large bits of time too, but even starting with small bits of time every day, it builds and builds and builds on itself like compound interest. And the next thing you know, it's just you turn around and you say, oh my gosh, gosh, look what I've created. I can't believe I've created so much in such a short period of time. Well, that's it. I mean – you can really you can really amaze yourself because Joel you know it's funny when i was under contract with a publisher and i had to delivery deadline and i had to do these things i just got up every day as part of my work day and did it i didn't even think about it you know as a gun for hire for for you know to write this it it just felt like work it didn't feel like anything but this was a dream this was my story this wasn't work related this is chicklet it's bridget jones meets you know devil wears prada it's personal it's and nobody ever needs to read it except for me i'm not necessarily you know writing it for a certain publishing house and i'm structuring it for this it's because i love it i love the story i love to write and that got to all my core values of Going when I get up in the morning, oh, you know, I, I'm going to put something else in place of what I'm going to write because this is just Sans' silly little dream. This is just Sans' little story, you know. And so to be consistent, I had to really rein myself in going, nope, you matter. Like this matters. And, you know, that right. was a challenge for me. Well, you know, what's interesting about what you said is when you were doing it as part of a contract for a large publisher, you got up every day and you did it. And the, but when you were doing it for yourself, uh, what you said earlier was that as you put it off, it became like a bigger and bigger deal. Isn't it funny how when we do things for other people, we're so much more apt to do them than when we do them for ourselves? And uh, so when we value our own self as much or more as what we do with for other people, wow, what can come out of that? And look at you. Now, here you are um, with your project. You started putting it first, and you worked on it every day, and look what has happened with it. It's amazing. 
It is amazing. It is amazing. And you know what, Joel? When I was a little girl, I used to write story after story. You know, I would write all these just magical things. And, you know, and that's what got me into Northwestern. I went to Northwestern. Originally, I was in their creative writing program where they only take, uh, you know, eight people every year, you know, in those days. And I chose to go the journalism route because I'm from a, you know, practical family and they're like well you can't make a living writing your little stories you need to be a journalist then you get a job then you get paid and you get paid poorly but you get paid and so (laughs) you know it was funny to me to go oh my gosh i love this i forgot how much fun it was and joel i gotta be honest i sit in my office or sit at my kitchen table giggling like a lunatic and the kids go (laughs) Mom's writing again. Mom's writing again. And sometimes they want to read it because it's funny and it's me and it's it's just, you know, it's fun. It's light. It's entertaining and, and it's enjoyable. And I never realized how much enjoyment I could get out of doing that little piece for me. Right. And, and, and in this culture, we think that if we're not being paid for it or somehow remunerated or uh, given credit for it, that it's not worth it. And yet, here you are, you don't have a publisher for this book yet, and you don't necessarily even have a plan, and that's not why you did it, and look how much joy and pleasure it's brought to you. I would dare say that you you probably have enjoyed this process more than if you hadn't done it and instead had uh, spent more time cleaning the house or watching TV or, or something like that. You know, this is enriching your soul. And then the byproduct is now you actually have something that you can do something with. You can send to publishers or you can self-publish it. You can put it out there and, and let other people enjoy it as well. That's the, that's the great part of, of fulfilling our creative endeavors. When we do it for ourselves, it feels so good. And P.S., now we actually have something that can then we can turn around and bring out to the world and enrich other lives as well. Well, and the funny thing, Joel, like, and you know, this, this might make me obnoxious or crazy, or maybe you'll validate me. I hope you'll validate me. Um, <laughs> I really didn't care what anybody thought. Like when I was writing for hire, I was so nervous. You know, I would send to my literary agent, you know, my little, you know, my, my query and my, and I I'd agonize over every little thing. And the funny thing was I'm having so much fun with it, Joel, like here you are. And I'm going to say this the way I think of you, you're a big shot publishing guy. You've got your own books, you know, you're in control of, I don't know, a bunch of publishing minions. You've got your spiritual side of, you've got all these things I respect. And here I fire over to you, my opening paragraph for the sheer sharing of an acknowledgement of something that was very hard for me. I never thought about, oh, well, he could help me. He could do these things. You know, I thought, here's the guy that I like and I respect. I did his book and here's my achievement. Yes, I did it for blatant, blatant patting on the back. (laughs) You know, that's, you know, but I wanted to share with you because it took me, I'm not kidding, girls. It took me 38 days to fine tune the opening line to my book. 38 days it was on my goal to get that just right. And I, some days, Joel, I just wrote crap. It was so awful. And I'd cry when I'd read it the next day. But I would just, the beauty of it is we're not Dickens. We're not getting paid five cents a word. We just erase it on the computer and write a new one. Well, that's it. And, you know, you, you can't fix something that's not written down. So what I always say to writers is get it on the page. Get it on the page. Don't try to self-edit as you do it. 
get it on the page, then you can go back and, and edit it and look at it and, and shape it. And, and then you can throw it out if you want, but at least get something on the page. And the value in doing that every single day is it keeps like your, um, your pump primed. It keeps the creativity flowing and it really does build on itself. And as you said, there are some days that what's going to come out is not necessarily Steinbeck, you know. In fact, it's it's probably not even uh, Jackie Collins level. But no, it's Sandra or, Beck. Or, we can use my Beck as the the standard for all things that are terrible. It's like it's not Steinbeck; it's Sandra Beck. I mean, because we all write crap at at some time or another, or paint or sing terribly. It's just the part of the creative process. That's right, and just staying with it, and staying with it, and and showing up every single day. And you know, one of my friends, Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, she says something so great. She says her prayer, especially when she gets really stuck, is she says, "God, you take care of the quality; I'll take care of the quantity." And what that means is she shows up every day and doesn't try to worry about is this great. She just lets it out and lets it out and keeps letting it out. And somehow, amazingly, the more that you show up in your creative endeavor, the more you're going to have a sense that there's something writing through you or painting through you. And what that is, is now you're, you're coming from that place of your soul. You're coming from that deepest place that just wants to create through you. And wow, when you get into that place, time stands still. You know, you can, it'll feel like 10 minutes and it'll be four hours later. And that is the best feeling in the world. See, and that's what happened on this one Sunday. Um, There was a Sunday where my ex-husband came and picked up the kids. He's going to take them to the movies. And I had this list, Joel, I kid you not. Like, I was going to defrost the ice maker. I was going to wipe out the fridge. I had, you know, I was going to push the, um, brush the pool, you know, brush the sides of the pool because they're getting yucky. You know, I had this whole list. And I sat my fanny down in my dad when he lives out here. He has this favorite um, lazy boy chair. I sat myself down in the lazy boy chair with my Chromebook. And I started writing and I was laughing and I was doing the whole thing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, God, it's getting dark in here. And then the door opens as the kids at six o'clock, they're home. I'm like, (laughs) where did the time go? Of course I got a stinky pool and a rotten fridge, but that happens. (laughs) Well, you know, I have a, I have a little trick that I use and because there are some days I wake up and I don't want to do my creative endeavor, even though I know I'm going to love it. I don't want to do it for whatever reason, if it's resistance or procrastination. Okay, Joel, we're going to make them wait. We've got a commercial break. So if you want to find what makes Joel Fotinos tick, if you want to know his secret, you're going to come back after the break. Girls, I hope that we inspire you to put creativity back into your life. You do matter. What you create matters. It doesn't matter whether it's great or terrible or awful. Just have fun doing it. And when we get back from the break, we are going to find out what Joel Fotinos has to say about getting motivated when you don't want to get motivated. His book is called My Life Contract. It's that 90-day, don't let it scare you, for prioritizing goals, staying on track, keeping focused, and getting results. You can find it wherever books are sold. More after the break. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Love us, they may Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. 
The woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 Central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. As your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Trying to keep your head up to the sky. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Joel Fatinos and he's written this great book that really helped me accomplish one of my dreams recently. So I'm predisposed to liking him and making him look good on the air. <laughs> I hope he does the same for you. Uh, before we went to break, Joel was going to talk about the, the tip that he's going to give us when when we, we don't want to do something, when we're having trouble, when we're struggling, when we're just about to get into our own way. Or how would you put it, Joel? I would put it exactly the way you did. There, there are times when I wake up and I think, I don't want to work on that project, even though I know that that project is going to make me feel good, it's going to make me feel happy, I'm going to love it. For whatever reason, procrastination, resistance, I don't want to do it. So I have this tool, and it is a little psychological trick, but it works for me at least 100% of the time. And I've taught it for years, and it helps other people too. And the trick is this. I say, I don't want to do it. So I only will do it for five minutes. And at the end of five minutes, I will let myself off the hook and I will stop doing it and then do whatever else I want. So for just five minutes, and I'm going to set a timer, 
And, you know, now with smartphones, uh, we can, or even the timer on the microwave, you can just put five minutes and for five minutes, just do it. And what happens for me every single time is even though I know in my head that that is a trick to get me moving, it always works. And it's funny because within five minutes, I'm so uh, happy and joyful that I'm doing this creative endeavor that now I'm in it. And at the end of five minutes, I almost never want to stop and I want to keep going for as much time as I've allotted for it. And, you know, some days I only have 15 minutes and some days I have two hours, but whatever time it is, uh, it, so my five minute trick is the thing that just gets me moving on those days that I don't want to move. See, and that's so smart because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that today, um, maybe not in the way you do, but I'm going to teach my kids because getting them to go to soccer practice, like after they get home and they're tired and they sit down and then their butts grow roots and they're stuck in the, in the, in the chair, um, it's just if you get up and go for five minutes, if you're not having fun after five minutes, we can leave. That because you know they're going to have fun once they get there and I'm going to try it for me you know I'm I'm curious to see how that that will work for for me well I've certainly worked on that with my kids and it works for them uh as well so See, my go-to is really silly. I have, um, <laughs> I have this collector's Aquaman, and when I was a little girl, I used to spend a lot of time under my lake in upstate New York trying to throw water balls. You know, Aquaman used to be able to pull his arm back, throw a water ball, and like knock out a shark. And I must have been under there for I don't know. You know, my whole life. And then I grew up and I'm probably the girl who always throws water balls. Like I just keep trying and keep trying. And then when I look at all the superhero stuff out today and I think of the Big Bang Theory and all these different shows that, you know, our superheroes are really big right now, they always make fun of Aquaman. And so I look at my little Aquaman and I think, you know, if Aquaman can rule the seas, so can I. Even though he's got a stupid orange, you know, shirt on and, you know, everybody makes fun of him, I I think if Aquaman can do it, so can I. And so I have my collector's Aquaman that teaches me to stand strong and keep going, even though things are against him. Yeah. Well, yours you know, is whatever, easier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I, you know me, Sandra. I'm the, I'm the king of what is the simplest way to get me moving, and um, I just, I just find whatever simple. So, you know, for me, the five minute. Uh, way to get into creativity works for me. And by PS, I also do it for other things, not just creative endeavors. If I have to clean the house or if I have a big project at work, um, and, or with my kid, it's the same thing. Just, just starting. And that's the principle behind it is just starting is the hardest part. Sometimes just getting moving is the hardest part. And we all know, those of us who have tried to exercise over the years, that when you exercise, the, the exercise itself is not the hardest part. It's actually getting up, putting on your gym clothes, and going to the gym that's the hardest part. And so this is a method to just help us uh, make our lives matter more. Well, and there's probably something, you know, in the physical realm, because I remember back to my old, you know, college physics, I think... You know, it's like the theory of momentum or something. It's like getting something moving is a lot harder than keeping it moving. Or bodies that are in rest stay at rest or bodies in motion stay in motion or something like that. But there's got to be something, you know, in the physical realm that supports this thing that we all go through that it's really hard to get started. And, you know, 
when I was working on your book and I was getting clear about, you know, what I wanted to do, I had to figure out, okay, where do I start? Because, you know, when you have a big creative task like that, you can get involved with like getting ready to get ready. And that was one of the debates that I had, you know, there's, I can't tell you how many times that I get a new gym membership and then I go buy my gym clothes, or I buy my gym bag and I do all these things. And then I enjoy my gym bag because it's so pretty and it just kind of <laughs> sits there. And so, you know, when we get clear about what we want, um, and that's one of your your contractual tasks is getting clear about what you want. And that was funny for me with this creative process, Joel, because I was thinking, well, you know, I've been published and, and it's good and, you know, I can pay my mortgage and it's good. You know, why do I really want this? What do I want? Do I want a million dollar bestseller? Well, of course I do, but that's not the reason I'm doing it. What I When I got clear about what I wanted... I wanted to make good on my promise to myself. And that had nothing to do with writing the book. But I had promised myself for so long I was going to do this when I have time, when I'm, you know, when I can pay all my bills and I have extra time, when I have time, when I have time. Well, guess what? I you can fill time with just about anything and never have the time. But it wasn't when I got clear about what I wanted, I wanted to keep the commitment to myself, and that was really profound, and that came out of your, your you know, work that you have us do with, with getting clear. Oh, that's great. You know, one of the reasons I talk in the book about it's not enough to know just what, uh, what you want, but you need to know why you want it because the motivation behind it, as you've just explained, is the thing that actually gets you the most excited for it. And so when people will say, I want a lot more money, and I'll say exactly how much, and they'll say, I want this amount of money, or you say a million dollars, and I'll say, well, why do you want that? And once we get into the why, now we get into the whole reason behind, it's, uh, it's like the reason behind the motivation, and then we can begin to really do the real work of, well, what exactly do you want then? If that's the why then really what is it that you want and we can get even clearer because I believe once you get clear, now you have a path forward. The less clear you are, the less easy it is to move forward. The more clear you are, the more you're able to take some steps because now you know where and why you're moving forward. Well, and the why has a lot of layers. Like that's what I found. Um, you know, I kept digging and digging and digging, you know, as to, you know, why is this so important to me? Cause I didn't need it for my self-esteem necessarily. I didn't need it for my pocketbook necessarily. I didn't, I didn't need to do this, but what I needed to do was to, to pro to keep that promise to myself. And I still am a little stunned when I think about, you know, a lot of times, Joel, we do things for relief. You know, we take an aspirin to relieve our headaches. We, we, we go to the gym to relieve ourselves of extra weight or of extra stress. And one of the things that I found in, in doing your book is that this writing was relieving me of stress that I was carrying internally because I had let myself down. I didn't keep that promise to myself. So the whole process lightened me up. It lightened up in ways that I can't even begin to describe. Well, that's so great. And, you know, our, for, that, for those layers of motivation, what I have found is over the years is that people do things for one of two reasons. They either do 
something to get away from something or they do something to move towards something. So in the book, I use the example of me getting out of debt. And my motivation was to get out of debt, which was to get away from something. But interestingly enough, at some point in that journey of trying to get away from being in debt, I found myself wanting to move toward being prosperous. And that was a whole different motivation for me. Instead of just trying to get out of debt, I was actually trying to move toward making uh, you know, a, goals for myself that I never thought I could ever achieve before. And I think that's true with, with creative endeavors like writing a book. Some people may write a book because of some of those ideas that you mentioned earlier, maybe they think that it will be something that will bring them money or, or serve a function if they're building their own business. But I think along the way, when we get deeper and go beneath that, and we find not, not just kind of the surface motivation, but that deep motivation, like for you, keeping that promise to yourself, how wonderful is that? And when you do it, man, you just, you will never forget that your entire life. Well, and I don't have to go to sleep at night feeling like I didn't get it done. I don't have to wake up going, oh, it's still there. You know, and when I exactly. see some of my own publishing friends, they're like, hey, did you ever finish, you know, for sale in Beverly Hills? Did you ever finish? They call me Shiksa. Did you ever finish, you know, spirit team? And I'm like, uh, and I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, you know, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a sabbatical from my writing because yeah. all of that is just like a bunch of horse hockey that, you know, you're not getting it done. Um, and, you know, Joel, there's so many layers to this. And, you know, the skinny little workbook that you put together uncovers this stuff in such an easy and painless way. You know, for people who've gone to therapy and, you know, had to rip your guts out or, you know, been through trauma or, you know, all these different things, it doesn't have to be that overwhelming. There's like, six things you got to do. It's not hard. The book is called um, My Life Contract. It's that program and you can prioritize your goals. You can stay on track. You can keep focused and you can get results for anything you want to do. If it's getting out of debt, if it's weight loss, nothing has been you know paid to me to, to endorse or promote this book, girls. It's just something that works for me. And the only things I can teach is it what works for me and hope it works for you. So so when you come back from the break, we're going to talk about taking action because that's another thing that trips us up and helps us get in our own way. More after the break. Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. I am beautiful. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. 
This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. Back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, Groovy Girls. We are talking with Joel Fatinos today. He wrote the book called My Life Contract. It's the program, the book, the whopping like $16 or something like that you're going to spend to change your life. Uh, if you have, you know, un-dreams, uh, you can... You can recognize them by working through this workbook. And, you know, that to me was action step number one for me. You know, we want to take action immediately. And that really sounds good, Joel. But in practice, we can take a lot of steps and they will not get us to where we're going. You know, I can say, you know, my action step for today is to do X, but will it get me to Y and Z? And I want to talk a little bit about taking action immediately because I'm a big proponent, you know, and I have a huge military background. So I'm a huge proponent of firing and then going and seeing if it was the right thing, because then we have time to fix our mistakes, which is why I was not a general in my career. Um, But taking action immediately, it does take the fear out of things because the longer you wait, the worse it is. It's almost like going to the dentist. It is. You know, um, what the the process that I use is I like to – I like to get quiet for a few minutes and just ask myself, what is mine to do today? And whatever comes up for me, then I try to take action immediately on the things that come up. And the reason is, is when you have a hunch, when you have an idea, a creative idea, a practical idea, 
there's energy in that idea. And I don't mean in a woo-woo way. I just mean in there's a reason why that idea is coming up right at that moment. And so when you take action immediately on those ideas, then that energy is carried with you. And I have found that it creates a momentum. So using that idea and, and taking it to creative endeavors Whenever you sit in front of the computer screen or if you write freehand on a, a pad of paper, then what happens is you're opening yourself up to the field of possibilities, the field of creative ideas. And whatever starts flowing through, write it down because there's energy in it. Again, as we said in an earlier segment, you can always take your red line, uh, your red pencil and, and scratch things out that you don't like, but at least you have something on the page and Maybe three wrong sentences will get you to the right one. So there's no such thing as a wrong sentence. There's no such thing as, as bad writing. There's only such thing as not writing and writing. So really taking that idea of, of taking action immediately is vital. And it's, it's probably, you know, the, the bread and butter of creative endeavors is that you listen to your muse and then you just put it down on paper. Well, and, you know, when we talk about that, Joel, it made me think of the, you know, the 38 days it took me to get that opening sentence just right, the way I wanted it to convey, you know, to set the tone for the novel, to set the mood, to to get the reader excited, to go, ooh, you know, what what's going to happen next? You know, what, you know, this is kind of cool. This is intriguing. That's a lot of pressure on a sentence. And, um, you know, when I was working on it, you know, and toiling over it, there were lots of, like, I liked what you said, there's no real bad, not that the things that I wrote, because, you know, I've got probably, I don't know, 38 days, I bet you got 55 iterations of the opening line. (laughs) Not all of them were bad. They just weren't right for what I wanted. And so I love that you talked about, like, taking that value judgment off it, because it's like, you know, look, I, I went to journalism school, I went to Northwestern, I got pounded into the dirt by the Northwestern journalism professors because they were like the Marines. They like like get you down and dirty in the dirt. They strip you of all dignity and then they build you back up. And so, <laughs> you know, it's not like I don't have confidence in myself as a writer. But like when I wanted to – like you talk about engaging in your own life. I wanted to engage the reader from the get-go. And it was funny that, you know, when I – so many things about life I learned from your your process because here my trying to engage the reader, engage them, engage them. How do you engage them? And then I'm like, okay, am I even engaged in my own life? And, I, you know, you talk about that and that was something that really resonated to me. So I'm going to put the mic over to you and go, let's talk about engaging in your own life. Yeah, well – um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I noticed it myself, and then as I've taught over the years, I've noticed it in other people, is that there was a time in my life when I was really on the sidelines of my life. And I wasn't really engaged in the things going on. I was just looking at them and I was commenting on them a lot to myself and to others. I would complain. I would say, I wish this were different. I wish my life were different. I wish this. I wish that. And really, all that did was just keep me on the sidelines so that I wasn't really participating. But once I began taking responsibility for my actions, and responsibility doesn't mean something heavy. It just means the ability to respond. Once I realized I had the ability to respond in my life and I started taking uh, action, 
wow, suddenly I was engaged in life. And the more engaged I became in my life, the more engaged life became with me. And it became like this wonderful dance back and forth. The more engaged I was, then life just would bring me, you know, into interesting uh, places and with interesting people. And it's so great. So I always say, if you want something to change in your life, starting engaging in your life and find ways to, you know, begin to uh, really participate in not just a on the sidelines way, but in a get your hands dirty kind of way. It feels so great. Well, and Joel, I'm going to tell you the things like, you know, because I'm that looks like, feels like, you know, smells like kind of girl. Here's the things that I did engaging in my own life after after getting that, you know, big aha moment from your book. Instead of sitting on the sidelines in my chair, like my folding chair at the kids' soccer games, I go up to the coach and say, can I help you run drills? And I have more fun than the kids. I fell over the soccer ball, you know, 40 years old, wipe out in front of all these eight-year-olds, and I get up, and I'm like, see, everybody falls down. (laughs) But I could have sat in the chair. Or I could have asked the coach, can I help you? And the coach is like, I love that. Work with the little ones on their ball control. And, you know, I got so much more out of that practice. And I do that now. Now I go in and I, you know, or I'll walk the field if they don't need my help. Or, you know, just making these tiny little changes. Like get up out of the chair, fall over a ball. You know, I have the story to tell you now. What am I supposed to tell you on the air? Hey, Joel, guess what? For 11 years, I've sat in a chair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the extent of my involvement with my kids' soccer, you know, other than maybe, you know, punctuated with bringing a snack once every 10 weeks. Woo! Um, when you get involved in life, life's more fun. You have more to talk about and you have more stories and stories are what cultures are built on. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think, too, sometimes we wait for permission before we start taking more involvement in our lives. And maybe we we wait for permission from some mythical thing outside of us or from our parents or our friends or our spouses. And um, I, it's so liberating to realize that anything we want to do in life, we don't, don't have to wait for permission to do it. We're adults now, and we can find creative positive ways to get the things that it is that we want or do the things we want to do that make us so happy, like creative endeavors, like writing a book. We don't have to wait until you take a uh, six-year writing course um, and be approved by a professor before you take a, a, a chance at writing your first page. You can write your first page today. In fact, you can, the second this radio interview is done, you can sit at your computer and just write your first page. There's nobody to ask permission for. You are free to do those great things, and that feels so great. And when you do that, wow, not only will life take notice, but everyone in your life will take notice too because it is exciting. Well, and, you know, the funny thing is, Joel, when you do that, you know, like I was really lucky, and I'm going to say it this way. I was really lucky to go through this heinous, public, embarrassing divorce. I was really lucky to be with my mom up until the day she died. I was really lucky to go through a foreclosure because (laughs) here's the thing. When you hit bottom, 
there is nowhere to go but up because I had no more shame. You know, I couldn't hold my marriage together anymore with an ex-husband who's dating everybody in the neighborhood. I couldn't. There was no like it, the cat was out of the bag. The nut had cracked open like there was just nothing I could do but get up and go. What am I going to do today? Okay, am I going to hang my head in shame? And, you know, and so I started doing things and people would come up to me and go, oh, my gosh, you look younger than you have been in years. You look thinner. I'm like, yeah, I lost 200 pounds in the divorce. (laughs) You know, I got rid of my husband, you know, know, funny things like that. But the truth (laughs) is when you crash and burn in life, it's actually a blessing because now I'm not ashamed if I say to people, oh, yeah, I sat in all Saturday night and I wrote my book and I had a great time with myself. I don't look at it like, oh, my God, what a loser. She doesn't have a date. She's like doesn't have a man in her life. You know, there's all that stuff that goes in our heads. If we just get over it, or in my case, you know, burn it to the ground, then we can build up again. And we've got about a minute for break, Joel. I want you to give to our listeners, because you are a powerful force in the publishing industry, your best advice for someone listening today that's thinking, maybe I'd like to write a book. My best advice for somebody who wants to write a book is to sit down at the computer right now and type one full page of whatever comes to mind. You don't have to know what it's about. You don't have to know how it ends. Just sit down and do one full page right now. Don't delay. And then tomorrow, rinse and repeat. Do the same thing. Oh, Joel, I have so much fun with you. I have so much admiration for you. I've got to know you on these shows. I think you're a really neat guy. I think everyone should go out and buy your book. I know Lisa, our producer, is like, ooh, i got to get me a copy. So we sold one book, Joel. We <laughs> sold one copy. Our mission Yay. is done here today. Oh, you guys, this is Sandra Beck for Motherhood Talk Radio. We're going to be back next week with Kristen Lee Costa, and she's going to talk to us about getting out of our own way. So, Joel, I want to thank you for being on the show uh, with me today. I always have fun with you. I thank you very much. I have fun with you, too. Yay! A match made in the airwaves. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck.